Welcome to the uh, welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. This is Aurelia. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy, and today we will be discussing evictions. Uh, it's not the fun part of being a landlord. Um, there are several reasons that I've had to proceed with evictions in the past: uh, non-payment of rents, complaints from other tenants. Uh, taking over a building where uh, there were some drug problems, so I needed to get rid of some of the tenants. Um, so I think the a big, big thing is to try and invest in a province or state, if it's in the U United States, that is rather landlord friendly. Uh, some provinces and states make it uh, very difficult to evict tenants. Um, one of the last resorts sometimes can be um, cash for keys uh, if you uh, if you can't otherwise evict the tenant, uh, and and it's key to be uh, up to date uh, on the laws in your community because those evolve. Um, and I remember interviewing. Uh, I was looking at a property here in uh, in London, Ontario. Uh, which was a um, single family, single um, room occupancy. And um, and I, I interviewed the person for my commercial real estate podcast. And um, uh, it was a really interesting episode because he was talking about all the ways he would, because uh, the, the landlord tenant board here in Ontario is rather pro-tenant. And he was taking talking about all the, the strategies and ways he would, uh, uh, negotiate with the tenants in order for them to, uh, so in order not to have to involve the landlord tenant board, and uh, in order for uh, him to to get what he what he wanted. What does that mean exactly? Like he just had like uh, you know I'll give you this, you give me that, or what was the, what was the kind of? Well, he was really uh, big on the big on having communications, and uh, so he would have many many conversations try to understand their situation, explain his situation that, you know, he has to pay a mortgage and all these expenses and yeah. um, try to, to get the, the other party to understand each other. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it's. Uh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, with me, um, I try everything to avoid doing evictions. Um, it's a very expensive part of the business. Um, is that when, because you're, there's a bunch of different parts to that, why, why it's expensive, because a lot of people like they only think about like the attorney or whatever to do to pay for this to do the eviction, but that's, that's just a small that's actually one of the smallest parts of the whole thing. There's the renovation or, you know, the cleanup that has to be done between them. There's no new rent. Right. There's there's no rent until a new tenant shows up. So you might have a month where they're 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 tidying the place up and replacing the carpet or replacing change into a LVT or something or whatever they're doing to, between the tenants. Um, it, you know, there's some perks that sometimes that could be a place to raise your rent, but there's also a big gap usually between the the two tenants, one going out, and one coming in. Um, you if I, you're like me and you hire property management, there's a lease up fee that you're going to have to pay put that new tenant in for that leasing agent to go find that property management, right? So I really don't want, to, my, my ultimate goal is to not do an eviction. Um, I've never paid for cash for keys, um, but you know, it, you know, it's always an option. Um, what I usually do, or even my property manager that they've been coached on doing, or they've coached me because some of them are amazing at what they do. 
um, is payment plans for these tenants, right? What, what can they do? What, what can we do to keep this going to get you caught up? Um, and sometimes you can break it into very small pieces um, very regularly to keep it at an affordable thing. And it depends on how they get paid. And it's exactly what Ari was talking about is understanding their situation, yeah. figuring out where they're at and what, what the actual underlying issue to this is, right? Um, during this whole COVID thing that happened, um, you know, was it COVID that, that is the reason they aren't paying, right? And if it is, is there a government assistance program for them in this thing? Like maybe there's a different solution. Like what is their situation? And based on their situation, maybe there is something. Maybe something's personally happened to them in their life. Maybe they're, um, in, in my case, they were in a motorcycle accident, one of my tenants, and they stopped paying. And you're like, well, what programs exist to help people that are in the hospital while, so they don't lose their place, yeah. right? So there is the, the there is government programs that are set up. There is small agencies that have set up things for people in different situations. Um, we inherited a tenant that was having their their rent paid for by the government because they had been an abused woman, right? So there's there is programs for people, and if you figure out what their issue is, the underlying issue why they're having trouble with their rent. May, there might be a solution that someone else has already created for them to try and solve this. And that's, I, that's the ideal situation to, to take it yeah. out of their hands. And it's easier than doing payment plans or whatever else. And another solution we've come up with is sometimes they have parents, um, depending on the age of the tenant and stuff. Sometimes you could collect, uh, get the money caught up by parents. In the case of the motorcycle accident, we went down the path of trying to figure out what programs existed uh, to get these people paying again, and we couldn't find one. Um, but it, I'm sure there is something because they were in the hospital, right? Um, but we ended up going and just contacting the parents, and we said, look, we, we're open to payment plans. We're open to a lot of things. Um, we don't want to fix this tenant. Um, how can we go about starting to get this, this collection process going? And the, the parents just like, how far is he behind? And you're like, oh, Two months. Well, this place is renting for seven fifty a month. They're like, yeah, here's fifteen hundred dollars. We're good, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're, and you, and you're like, perfect. All right. And then we'll just see if he's out shortly. And if not, we'll go. Re we'll go touch base with the, the, the parents again because, um, sometimes like Ari was saying, you pick a a place where the the laws are landlord friendly rather than tenant friendly, and the people who live there know this. And they know that they're, they're that they could have a dumpster show up if they stop paying rent, and it, it could just be thrown out, right? They have stuff. They know that their family member or somebody they know is had a rough situation. They'll just pay to keep it going, right? Yep. No, I think I I have sort of the same um, ideas uh, with respect to evictions. It is a last resort. Um, I hate them. I'm actually really really good at them though. I'm, you know, if there's some areas where I could be weak, this is not one of them. Um, yeah. It is a last resort and I treat it as such. So with my managers, they're instructed to extend tenancies. The newspaper prints lots of stuff of rent evictions, but in my experience, those are very, very small, exceedingly costly and undertaken by a bunch of real jerks um, that nobody likes, not the people in the industry and certainly not the public. It's not that prevalent, but it's easy fodder for the news. Most landlords are like uh, the three of us that recognize the high cost in different areas of, of an eviction. It's not just the legal fees, but every eviction, as Glenn said, comes with dumpsters, cleaning, garbage, and repair. 
it is exceedingly costly to renovate a suite again. And if you have a toxic eviction, uh, one that's unjustified or angry or emotional, there's drywall damage. And it just seems that every, you know, laminate uh, closet door somehow gets a hole punched in it. Yeah. Always happens. And, you know, it's uh, also the back of the stove. They punch the electronics out of the back of the stove. Um, what I, I see with evictions is it's the very last failure in a chain of a lot of other failures. And if you arrest that string of failures early, you don't end in an eviction. Now, inevitably, there's some that are just, they're just going to happen. And you probably weren't at fault. But for most evictions, you got to own a part of it. And that's my philosophy on this. Um, you failed in three ways. You failed to select, you failed to collect, or you failed to connect with those tenants. In the first place, you shouldn't be putting unqualified tenants into your suites. If you require a certain standard of behavior and a certain amount of money, and if they can't make that, you should assess that beforehand. They should know what the rules are. They should know how much it is, is to pay it. And you should have ascertained in the beginning if they got the funds to pay it. If they can't, don't select them. If they don't have rental references, don't take them in. That's really simple. And when my managers get in trouble, they quote, trust their gut. They make a snap decision based on an emotional meeting with someone without checking references. If the references are weak or missing, there's a reason. People that are good tenants have good references usually. That's, that's just simple stuff. You fail to select appropriately. Um, often you failed in some way in the collection. When you collect your rents, that's your mostly your face-to-face -face contact with your tenant. And that's when the waiter comes back to the table and says, how is everything here? How's your entree? Are you all liking the fish? Can I get you some water? You do that every month. And every time you check this, the smoke detectors and do a safety check and a heating check and a seasonal you know, check, I have three or four checks a year that my ten tenants get and they can expect I'm in there. And that's an opportunity where my staff is instructed to say, is everything working? Is there anything that we can fix? Because they're paying a fee for service. And you don't just sign a lease and leave. You're providing service to the end of that lease at the same quality at the beginning. So when you break faith with the tenant, you fail to connect with them in any meaningful way to ensure that they're getting good service for their hard-earned money. Most people that are renters are paying as much as 40% or more of their household income just for, for shelter. These are stats that come out from the Hub Report of 2015 out of the U.S. and out of the Canadian reports from CMHC from 2016 and 2018. That means renters are paying a high amount of their discretionary money. Whatever they make, it's more than 40%. This is a big purchase for them. It's important to them, and it's shelter. So they have certain expectations. You're not meeting them. You break faith with people, and then you get angry evictions. They stop paying. You wouldn't pay for a bad meal. If some serve you a horrible meal at um, some restaurant at Moxie's, you would complain to the waiter and you wouldn't pay. You say, this is not right. This is not wrong if you're pay, treated disrespectfully. So, you know, I think it's really simple. When you evict, you've probably made some mistakes. And this is the last thing you do. Then you got to do it, usually do it really well. And it's the only tool left to landlords is eviction. I wish there was better. Um, we try to work with social workers. We've used CAR 60, which is a program with between the RCMP and social workers to work with people with mental health issues, um, trying to find solutions. My managers are trained to extend tendencies, to solve problems, not to throw people out. Uh, that's, that's horrible. We don't want to do that. Um, you know, so that's, that's our underlying rule. Um, and it's good business. It's being a good citizen and it's good business. Um, you know, an eviction breaks face with both of those things. It ruins communities 
It's a trauma, not just the money. Other people see you taking people out of your building and unsheltering them, throwing their stuff in a dumpster or taking it away to storage. You don't think that affects children and women and vulnerable people in your care? They see you, a powerful person, taking someone's possession, throwing it into a dumpster, taking Sometimes away. Sometimes they're glad, you know, if you're evicting a drug dealer. Sometimes, yep. And I will evict for safety and quiet enjoyment. We've had that. Um, that was probably a bad selection on our part, bringing someone in. And sometimes things change and people have traumas in their life and they become difficult to deal with. And for the safety of others, I will evict. Um, and I'm really good at it. I never fail. So with an eviction, you can't have an aborted eviction. eviction. It has to be ruthless. It has to be complete and it has to be justified. And I make sure everything's lined up so I never fail. I have a 100% success rate on evictions. Because in every case, they're well-documented, they're justified, they're legal, and they are complete. It starts and it ends, and I never fail. But when I start that process, it's inexorable, and it will be completed. But I use it sparingly. You know, with 300 tenants in Ontario and almost that much in Western Canada, I have maybe had, in 20 years, maybe 30 to 40 evictions over 22 years. It's not a lot. Yeah. Um, and I reserve that for really bad, bad situations. And many of them, when I review them, we made mistakes. It was a bad fit. Um, what Ari sort of kind of changed gears a little bit, but I'm Ari sorry. did talk about the landlord friendly states. And um, one thing, I, at least I don't believe this exists in Canada, is public record of um, people who've had evictions, right? No, we're not allowed. Exactly. And it, it does change the tone of everything uh, when there is a public record, because if they get evicted and it goes to public record, they really aren't don't have the opportunity to rent from anyone else who does the record checks. They will discriminate based on an eviction that was just currently happening, right? Um, and what actually happens in some of those states is I like to be in those states because I have the ability to have mercy. And if you, and I have the ability to make my own judgment call on it. And it's a lot easier than when the tenant has the ability to make be easier with you. And that may not actually happen then. Um, but in, in my case, when I was doing some of my evictions in Missouri, a lot of times the tenant would show up uh, at the eviction date with uh, all the paperwork to say um, their equivalent of their Ontario form to say that they were leaving in like this date, right? I can't think of what it's called now. It had just slipped my mind. So I used to do all those Ontario landlord tenant boards yeah, forms. Mutual agreement to end tenancy or yeah. Uh, yeah. So but they'd show up with their mutual thing and they'd be out in 24 hours. But what would they do is they'd show up with the paperwork and they would show up with the money to catch up and they'd show up with the money to pay for the attorney and then they would leave. And they wanted this to be done this way so they didn't have the eviction on their record. How powerful is that? Because they, wow. they, they, it limits where they can live afterwards. And you just talked about, like Darcy, you talked about how important it is for the roof over their head. And if you just literally get this eviction, you cut it down all the professional companies to, to rent from. You're basically looking for a mom and pop that isn't going to check references. Yep. And even a lot of mom and pops, it's gotten so cheap and easy to check all these um, criminal checks, um, background checks, eviction checks, that, it, that they just are going to, even the mom and pops are going to know you have very few places to live afterwards. Yeah. I would welcome something like that in Canada. I know it's a, you know, some would disagree with it, but from a landlord's point of view, um, I would, because it's an interesting um, uh, gap in how 
landlords and rents are treated because they're so important to housing people. If you were to steal a $50 meal out of a restaurant, the police will show up and they'll make you sit on the curb in front of people and they'll put the cuffs on you in front and they'll shove you in the car. And if you steal a $30, you know, item out of Walmart, same, same thing. But if you steal three months of rent, $2,400 from a landlord, the police do not show up. They, they think mistakenly that your rents are insured. They're not you. Well, they are, but you could never use it. Um, or that you have some other ways of collecting. And there are, you know, a handful of professional cheats that use these loopholes to avoid paying rent. Um, I don't know. I think there should be something like Glenn has described, but I don't see it likely in Canada. We just don't have that kind of a And it is not culture. across the US. It is only in specific states even still. Yeah. You know, and I understand life happens and some people have, you know, terrible things that happen to them and that they're not entirely responsible for them. Um, but that doesn't also mean that a commercial landlord should be responsible for them. In this case, um, in Canada, at least, we have a strong social democracy that believes in taking care of our most vulnerable people. And by that means, the state and charitable organizations take care, not for profit businesses. You don't have an expectation that Smitty's, or I use Moxie's again, um, is, is to feed people. These are for profit businesses. There's no one that's expecting Smitty's to serve free pancakes to people. And if they choose to, it's great. It works in their business and their marketing model. But we have a strong social democracy that says we will house our most vulnerable people and feed them. Um, I, you know, from my perspective, I see there's a massive gap in government funding and government housing. They stopped in the late 80s funding uh, social projects for housing in provinces from the federal government to the municipalities and the provinces. And they've never really taken it up. And there's been a lot of rhetoric. And even now CMHC says their goal is by 2030 that every Canadian will be housed. I mean, I can make up seven words and put them together and say, it's my goal, but they're mostly nonsense, picking random words out of the dictionary. I don't find it's compelling CMHC's current um, mission statement. And as an insurance provider, how are they going to provide housing? They provide insurance. That's it. They don't provide housing. They're making um, a change. There is a lot. A lot is happening in the development world from the the community I'm a part of, and the the programs with the CMHC are quite quite amazing. And uh, I was talking to somebody on the weekend. They came over for Easter, and uh, they they have a one bedroom apartment in London for eight hundred dollars a month, and that's thanks to the the program of CMHC to so that to make sure that a part of the new developments. A part of it is uh, affordable and uh, it's unheard of uh, $800 for a one bedroom in London. Yeah, but CMHC is only insuring those mortgages so that they can get them at reasonable amounts so they can provide that the builder and the bank can provide that suite. CMHC doesn't give out any money. No, I know, but they insure so they're insuring banks for the mortgage too. and it's working. Yeah. yeah so how I, does that I, work? It means it so that they can, um, that, so that they can get a higher leverage and you know, yeah. to be able to pull yeah. us off. 85% or, yeah. and, you know, with the codicil that you're, you know, loaned that you're um, certain amount or under uh, market rents. So you can get that money or even higher. BDC will be a, will allow a mixed commercial and residential and as much as 90, or even sometimes if owner occupied, they've offered hundred percent and above more than hundred percent financing. They'll pay for the TAs and furnishings. If you, if you're willing, if you have the right project. So some of those are actually direct giving money. But again, that's falling to private contractors in London to do it. Where's the government in this? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, that's one of my soapboxes, though. 
See my pod, or see my website for more writing on this topic. <laughs> DarcyWhite.ca. No. Oh, I'm interested in this. I think this is a really great topic because I'm frustrated by having to evict people and I'm frustrated turning aside, turning apart or away people that are not qualified. If I'm not financially are, qualified. Actually, there are other initiatives and um, I've seen those uh, mentioned in the, the Facebook group of the landlords of Ontario. There is, um, there is the opportunity for tenants to report their, their credit score uh, when they pay rent on time. Yep. To incentivize uh, paying rent on time. So there are positive things that are uh, done to help um, uh, help landlords indirectly. Yeah. I think there's a lot of appetite for change because uh, what's currently working is, or currently in place, isn't working adequately. You know, um, I'm doing research for my master's program and one in seven Canadians is housing insecure. That means they're making choices between food and housing. That's inappropriate for a country this rich. It's just wrong. That means at least 4 million Canadians, 4 million households are uncertain whether they're housed this month or next month um, in a country that's you know, purportedly a social democracy that's compassionate to have that kind of number out there is just wrong. And I don't think it's the business of, you know, Main Street or, you know, Timber Creek or Avenue Living or uh, West Red Partners to house uh, some of the more challenging uh, people that don't, that can't financially qualify or, you know, aren't able to live quietly with other people. Very interesting initiatives I know here in London. Uh, one is called, um, it's actually a Christian organization and they provide uh, uh, for housing for people that, that actually get this, um, I forget the name of the, um, I think it's ODSP and, uh, mm -hmm. and it's, yep. the rent is calculated so that it's exactly, they can exactly afford it. And, uh, and they have great brand new apartment buildings in downtown London. And uh, it's for people that are, you know, that have, uh, that live with uh, uh, difficulties, special, special difficulties, uh, be it mental health or mm -hmm. like, uh, indwell, it's called. Yeah, I applaud those. I think those are fantastic that, um, you know, the ball that's been dropped by government has been picked up by social um, uh, uh, non-governmental organizations and charitable organizations, not-for-profits. So we have similar out here, food banks and housings and community kitchens and uh, community living societies, but they receive some government support. That ODSP is government support, but if you see how little it is, um, our Ontario residents, many of them were on ODSP. Um, it's hard. If you can't cover your rent, now you've got to eat. So that's I think it's inadequate. I think they could do better. But I'm not sure who's going to advocate for more for the poor. It's uh, often, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Large problems. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can address them <laughs> later. Yeah. And other episodes. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, I had some ideas, but I'm like, uh, we don't have time to go down. We that. don't. So long. <laughs> it's past our bedtime. It's past our bedtime. That's it. And I got to find a plumber. I got a leak in a hallway. Yeah. Uh, it never stops. Yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, glad you were able to join us. Um, if you if there is any question you'd like us to address during the show, feel free feel free to email it to us, advancedreitalk at gmail.com, advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in for tuning in and see you next time. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye.